Today we're going to reflect upon two words, conversion and generosity. Of course, conversion is from the first reading. Only three verses for the book of the prophet Isaiah. But the prophet on those little three verses called us to worship, but he also called us to conversion. He called us to forsake our wicked ways, the evil thoughts, and return to the Lord. So one of those trivia things, trivia question, maybe you go to a trivia Catholic night and you're going to know about this one. Return is the 12th most frequent verb used in the New Testament. Sorry, Old Testament. I guess... God really wants us to return to Him. He wants us to turn from evil and turn towards Him. Those who have seen were once in a relationship with God, but they have turned away from God. That's what sin called when we turn our face away from God. And God, our God calls us to turn back, to return to Him. We are called to turn back. We are called to repent. And the ones that the prophet is talking today is not somebody who is just doing, you know, small sins here and there, what we call maybe perhaps today our venial sins, you know, the little things that we do. The people that the prophet is talking today are people who embark on a way of life that has taken them away from God. People had had decided against God's plans. And the prophet attests that God will still be compassionate towards them if they get back, if they return to God. Because God is forgiven. He is gracious in forgiving again and again. And there is our hope. Talking to the altar servers before Mass, that in the early church, you had one, ch- one chance to go to confession. That's why many people would wait until the last, until, you know, you see a lot of saints and a lot of people waiting until their bath, their dead bath, bad to convert. Because after you convert, after you were baptized, you had one chance. And it was not like, oh, you go there and, you know, you say three Hail Marys, you know, be nice to somebody or what. No. It was years and years and years of penance until you get back, until you return. Aren't we glad that it has changed, that we are able to go to confession anytime that we screw up? I am because I screw up a lot. God always wants us to go back to Him. One of the images of God that I have, you know, you all know, if you don't know, you're going to know now, I'm from Brazil, is the Christ the Redeemer that is right there waiting for us. That is the God that invites us always to return, to always to go back to Him. Conversion. Perhaps the word would be return. Now the gospel. 
God's graciousness can be easily mistaken by injustice. How many times we say, it's not fair. It's not fair, perhaps, that the less workers only work one hour. It's not fair. Well, on one hand, it does not seem fair that all the workers receive the same wage regardless the amount of hours they worked. On the other hand, all the work received exactly the amount for which they were hired. So from this point of view, there was not injustice there. One denarius. It was the amount that each person needed per day to sustain their family. That was the wage. Each person needed that amount of money to sustain their family. So the work day was a 12-hour work day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We know that the first workers were hired at 6 a.m., right in the beginning of the work day. And then the owner came back at 6, at 9, at 12, at 3, and at 5. Maybe you can ask, why were people not hired by 3 or even worse, by 5 p.m.? It could not be because the workers were not needed. The master came back over and over again. Maybe those people who were hired at 3 and 5 were incompetent or lazy. Maybe they did not wake up on time. Maybe they spent a lot of time, I don't know, doing what. But the point here is, they were unwanted. And this is a very important point in this whole passage, in this whole parable. The end of the day in the parable today can recall, can call us to mind the judgment. When we die, we're all going to be judged at the end. By the way, we're going to have two judgments. The personal judgment right when you die, and then the second judgment when, you, when Jesus returned. And then if you're a priest, you're going to have a, uh, you know, a third one as a priest. What did you do to my people? So pray for me. When he pays the workers one by one, each one of them, in a sense, the, 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 the owner of the vineyard demonstrates this eschatological time where the last shall be first. And of course, that helps with the drama on the parable today. The first to be hired worked 12 hours on heat, embraced all the principles of the retributive justice. You got to get paid according to how much work you've done. And because of that, the ones who worked longer expect to receive more. They were not happy with the payment policy of the owner of the vineyard. The justice he pays the workers is supersede with his generosity. Here's the other word, generosity. And you know, I was preparing for this home, and I was like, what the what? You know? Went to Google. 
Generosity is the quality of being kind and generous. The quality of fact of being plentiful or large. And what is being generous? Is a person showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. Generous is a person showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. Isn't that God generous with each one of us? He always gives more than we need. He always gives more than we expect. Not what we need, but what we expect. The scant of this passage comes when he is most generous with the employees, especially those who were unwanted. Those who were hired at first did not did what they had agreed to do and receive what they have they were promised. There is nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, they did not complain about others' payments. They were unhappy with their own payment. We have to understand that we have to remember ours. The reign of God is based on grace. We don't deserve it. We don't. It's a gift from God. He gives us, not because we deserve it. No, on the right of ordination, both of uh, deacons, priests, and bishop, there is one question that the bishop ordained the guy come and say, do you know then to be worth? And the answer is no, nobody's worth. But God decides to give us himself as a gift. And then this question that the owner says, are you envious? In other words, what he say, is your eye evil because I'm good? See, this whole gospel is not about equality. This whole gospel is about generosity. It's about kindness. And I always remember that God's justice is bigger and is more perfect than ours. God is the one who is generous. And he wants to teach us how to be generous with each other. We don't deserve anything. Nothing. But God gives us because he is generous. And we are called to be generous with each other. Not because we can, but because God teaches us how to be generous. Because he is the one who gives us the example. To be generous, to be kind. So I got a homework for you for this week. 
how can you be generous throughout this whole week? How can you forget about yourself? How can you just go beyond and be kind with each other and be generous with each other? If we do that each day of our lives, not only our life is going to be better, but the world is going to be a better place for each one of us. Go and be generous the same way that God is generous to each one of us. Normally, that doesn't, this doesn't help, happens. Normally, my homily is getting kind of ready, kind of the last couple of minutes before Mass. Sometimes I can't even kind of get out of the way a little bit before for, uh, from Sunday supper and um, kind of to finish the last touches of my homily. But this week was a little bit different because uh, since COVID started, Bishop Spalding started to do Masses, uh, record Masses for Sunday Masses. And it was my turn to do the Mass on last Friday, the Sunday Mass for this weekend. So I had to have my homily a little bit, you know, before what I normally used to have. And then when I saw, you know, I kind of talked a little bit on the, uh, about the gospel on the homily. But then when I saw this reading yesterday, I was reading, praying with that. And I heard that, and I saw this, have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We live in a time of anxiety. We live in a time that we really don't know what is happening. I think the best uh, analogy that somebody said was 2020 is a plane that is not ready to fly, but it's flying. And we are building the plane as we go. It's crazy. We can't even land the plane because there's no landing gears. We have no idea where we're going. And that, for many people, can cause a lot of anxiety. Just like when Jen gets really excited when I call her name in the homily. I'm not going to do that today, Jen. <laughs> but that can cause a lot of anxiety on us. But if we really know and if we take our anxiety and give it to God, He will take care of us. Because He is the God of peace, He will indeed take care of each one of us. In the gospel today, one more time, Jesus is with the leaders of the nations, the chief priests and the elders of the people. It's another parable about the vineyard. The one at this time does all the work. He planned, he built, he protected, he constructed even the wine press and the tower. And he leads the vineyard to the tenures. The tenures just have to take care of the grapes until it times for the harvest. As we heard on the first reading today, the people of God is the vineyard. God is the owner of the vineyard. The leaders are the tenures. And the servants are those sent by God, the prophets. 
But the leaders of the people did not want to listen to them. And then God sent his son. They didn't hear it then either. They killed him. This parable reflects Jesus' ministry. When he was rejected and he was replaced, the two sets of servants are the prophets. They did not listen to them either. They reject, they abuse, and they kill the prophets. The Son, Jesus Christ, came himself. They kill him. They did not believe in him. This whole passage today is about God's call to our lives. He calls us. But just like a cell phone, if somebody calls you and you don't answer, it's just a call. We are called to answer that call. Call comes from the Latin word vocari, to call. But also, it's a, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two things. God calls us and we answer. If we don't answer that phone call, it's just going to be there. The last phrase, the last verse of the gospel today talks about the followers of Jesus Christ. You and I, we are called to be disciples. And we, a lot of times we give a lot of excuses. You know, and even with this time of COVID, folks, through our baptism, we are called to evangelize. Through our baptism, we are called to proclaim the good news. And if you didn't know this, I'm telling you, it's not only for priests and nuns and for the missionaries, it's for each one of us baptized. We are called to go and proclaim the good news. And we have a cool uh, witness today, Andrew. In a little bit, he's going to be baptized. He was baptized before, but we don't know. So in the church, that is what we call conditional baptism. Because for us Catholics, the words really have a meaning. So when we baptize somebody, we have to baptize, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In some denominations, they kind of don't follow the Trinitarian order. So you're going to hear in a little bit me say, Andrew, if you were not baptized before, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And just like Andrew, that you're going to be able to see this, his mission starts today. Now it's time to start the work. Now it's time, Andrew, to proclaim the good news. That's why we get baptized. Because we have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And now we're ready to go out and help other people to do the same. Each one of us have the same call to proclaim the good news, to be followers of Jesus Christ. Let's answer the call.